are here again. It looks like the stock market is paying out big money right now. A lot of you are making money in the stock market. It's been a really good last few days. And uh, a lot of people think that this thing called inflation is about to come to an end, uh, that, that the back of inflation has been broken. I don't know if that's the case necessarily. But I'm going to tell you what I've been seeing, and I'm going to let you know where I think the money is in the stock market. So get comfortable, buckle up a seatbelt. We're going to get started right now. Good morning. Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I am your friendly neighborhood finance professor. On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about black wealth and black economics every single day, sometimes as much as 10 times a day under one condition. The condition is that we are black first. Black first means that we break our generational curses. Black first means we educate our kids on economics. Black first means we build for our community. Black first means that we put in intelligence over ignorance. We're not here trying to be ignorant. We're trying to be smarter. We're trying to be better. We're trying to uh, make our community strong. Uh, so uh, if you agree with that philosophy, put a hashtag B1 in the chat. Uh, everyone for the B1 clan, put your B1 in the chat. Uh, let me know that you're black first. Uh, hey, De Denise and uh, Jerome, shout out your city. Let me know what city you're coming from. Uh, Reby and Heavy, Heavy Chevy, uh, Maurice out of Sarasota. Denise, uh, uh, let's see, Woodson. Denise Woodson, that's her last name. Jones, uh, Famita, I see you. Uh, from from Mind, excuse me. Uh, do you ever invest in any over-the-counter stocks? Yeah, yeah, I actually do. Uh, there was an over-the-counter stock that I bought this morning, and uh, actually, stay to the end, and I'll tell you what the stock is, and I'll tell you why I bought this stock. It's a cannabis stock, and uh, and based on my research, it looks like it's one that could really uh, do some damage financially, uh, especially once Joe Biden announces that he's going to uh, walk, walk away from the White House and Kamala Harris takes over and they begin the process of legalizing weed. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen exactly like that, but I really think that's how we're going to get our first female president. And I think that's how we're also going to legalize cannabis on a federal level. Hey, Irene, out of uh, Atlanta. How you doing? Well, we just bought a house in Atlanta, so I love Atlanta. I'm going to be doing some stuff in the Black House. I'm, we're actually putting together a stock options summit that I want that I want to host at the Black House down in Atlanta. Uh, I'll let you guys know about it. I'll keep you posted in the next six weeks. Now, before we begin, I want to give you guys a quick public service announcement that I, I, I know I repeat myself on this, but I want to make sure I say it over and over. Over. So everybody knows if you get a message anywhere, uh, you know, with someone pretending to be me saying, hey, meet me in the chat. Hey, sign up for my crypto thing or whatever. Just know that that's not me. OK, I don't have a WhatsApp. Uh, I'm not going to hit you up in your inbox. All that stuff. If you see an account like that, please report it because people are getting scammed off this. I don't know who these people are. I don't know why they're, they're trying to pretend to be me. But then again, I guess I, I have a total of a million subscribers on you, different YouTube channels. So maybe that's what is leading them to do this. So today, the things I want to cover actually are in a few key areas. One, I want to talk about what's, what inflation is doing right now that's causing your stocks to do really well. Give me a yes in the chat if you're making money with your stocks. Give me a yes in the chat if you're doing well, uh, or you're doing better financially this month than you were last month. Give me a yes. And I want you to put your yeses in here because I need all the people who are not investing to see all the yeses that are in there. I need all the, I need everybody to see all the yeses. You know, I need everybody who's not investing to just know 
you're missing out. There is so much money being made right now. And this is money you're getting without working. This is pretty cool. So there we go. Thank you for the yeses, El Haj and Corey and, and James Farmer and Rick. Everybody who's making money, put a yes in the chat. Everybody who's not invested yet, just get started. I can help you buy your first share of stock. Um, actually, if you go to firstshareofstock.com, I'll type it up. I'll put it on the screen so you can don't don't be scared. Just just jump in. It's not hard. Uh, firstshareofstock.com. You can go there. I will show you. There's a free training on ex on how to buy your first share of stock. The URL is right there on the screen. Firstshareofstock.com. Uh, I want everybody. I want 90% of you, 100% of you, to be invested in the stock market because that's where the money's at. Okay. All right. So um, anyway, moving on. Uh, I think somebody said made an interesting comment. They said uh, the reason that you um, that they that they pretend to be you is because people know you and they trust you. Yeah, I agree. And and it's really a it's a double edged sword when you when you are consistent and you build that trust. Uh, there's a big bounty for people who can prove that, that, that there is no trust that, you know, so, so I, I've seen videos, literally uh, one lady did a video, no, no proof whatsoever. She just got mad cause we fired her, but she did a video called Dr. Boyce is a fraud. <clears throat> and the video got a hundred thousand views. I was blown away because I was like, wow, I didn't even think a hundred thousand people cared about what person, what kind of person I, I might be. But I'll just tell you, she was mad because she, she worked on our team for a while and she was such a terrible person. I said, you need to get the hell up out of here. Like, I don't care what you say about me. You got to go because you're abusing my friends and I don't allow that on my staff. So that was what went down with that. But it was really, that's when I learned like, okay, when you build that trust, it becomes fragile where if somebody, you know, like tries to come and tear down, then everybody's like, oh, well, maybe he was pretending for all those years. I mean, I've done 20,000 videos online and I've been doing this for like 12 years. I'm kind of an OG in this game for real in this digital Internet game. And uh, and, and it's 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 like wait, I, I couldn't have been pretending all those times. Like if you think I'm an asshole in certain areas, I probably am. If you think I'm a good person in certain areas, I probably am. I I am who I am every day. You know, that's what it is. So. Anyway, let me move on. Let me jump back into the stock stuff. I apologize for getting deflected on that, but I just wanted to address some of that. So be careful. If somebody appears to be me and they're hitting you up or trying to get in your inbox or trying to get you to WhatsApp or whatever, report the, the report the account and um, and do not get that person money. All right. So anyway, um, the, uh, the, the first thing that's going on with the market right now, the reason your stocks are doing so well is because the inflation reports have been really good. Uh, the producer price index, which is the price that producers and companies pay for their products has been going down. That means that companies, when they were they were noticing that the cost of supplies were going up, it was harder to do business, harder to make a profit. Well, that's become easier for these companies. So they're all excited. They're all looking forward to the future. I saw a great interview with the CEO of Disney. Uh, Disney uh, beat their earnings numbers. If you are a Disney investor, which I've, I've mentioned to you guys for a long time, I love Disney. They're a solid company with good management, but the stock has kind of been beaten up for a while. Uh, well, this is where your patience gets rewarded. Uh, biz, Disney ends up and really shooting up like crazy. And uh, so those of you that held on, uh, you know, are, are, are doing really well there. Uh, in fact, Disney is interesting enough. Disney is now up to 153 million subscribers. They're, they're inching closer and closer and closer to Netflix every day. Netflix is the, the king. Netflix has 220 million. I believe Disney is going to pass Netflix, but what's, but each of these companies has an advantage and a disadvantage that, that, that they have to deal with. Disney's advantage is that they that they can bleed money for a while. They're losing money on their streaming service, by the way. I think that I don't think they're profitable in the streaming, but because they got all these other things going on, that allows them to do the streaming and to go after Netflix without worrying about the the the, the business falling apart, falling apart, or whatever the case may be. 
Um, now, with the 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 uh, the advantage Netflix has is that Netflix is able to stream profitably, but Netflix is what they call a pure play. So Netflix is not diverse. Netflix does not have amusement parks and sports and uh, live sports and and uh, cable networks and and movies that they you know, well not movies they, they do make movies but uh, but they don't have sort of that that diverse portfolio of assets that Disney has. So it's an interesting thing. Um, Disney, let's see, someone says I believe they already did uh, already did what. Um, that what Disney uh, already went up or Disney already passed Netflix. They didn't pass Netflix, but their stock price did already go up. That is true. All right. So anyway, let me move on. So, so back to the stock market right now, the producer price index is what they call a precursor to the consumer price index. Basically when companies prices go down, theoretically it's supposed to lead to a reduction in the prices for the consumer. I don't think that's always the case. Uh, I think that corporate greed causes companies when their prices to go go down. If they don't have to reduce the price for the consumer, they don't. Or and, and then also, same thing is true when prices go up. Uh, companies, different companies have different amounts of what they call pricing power. Uh, a more formal economic term is what they call price elasticity. And what that measures is very simple. It just says, look, if we take this, if, if our cost of, of, of doing business goes up, and we pass that to the consumer by increasing their prices. Are they going to stay or are they going to go? Right. And different commodities, different things that you sell have different amounts of what they call price elasticity or pricing power. So, for example, if I'm selling, um, you know, I don't know, a, a commodity like, I don't know, like gold or something and, and it's it, it, or, or copper or coffee and I raise the price of the raw coffee. Then that might cause me to lose a lot of customers because people can go right across the street and get the same thing for a lower price. But if I'm selling something like, you know, um, uh, if I'm the only crack dealer in the city, you know, I mean, I'm in, you know, some part of Iowa and there's nobody else selling crack, so I have no competition and everybody needs crack. Well, if I increase the price of the crack by 20 percent, then the crackheads are still going to keep showing up, right? Because so because crack is a highly um, inelastic commodity. Like there, they will pay extra money to get access to the drugs. So ultimately, um, this this PPI going down is a big deal. The CPI is also kind of going down as well. Uh, consumer price index. The price of energy is going down. Did anybody else see this? Give me a yes or no if you saw this. The price of gas is now nationally below four dollars a gallon. Uh, that's a big deal. With gas going down, it, it just kind of says that inflation's cooling off. But remember, inflation is still outrageously high. So th this is an interesting paradox. The market isn't reacting to the way things are. The market's reacting to the way things are going. Right? It's not reacting to uh, what is what 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 where we where we really are at right at this second. Uh, they're reacting to where they think we'll be in six months or a year if they continue down the same pace. Now, on one hand, that's forward looking. It's visionary. It's somewhat logical. On the other hand, it is a little bit what, what you might call presumptive. It's a little bit risky. It's a little bit risky for you to say, OK, inflation dropped a little bit this month. That means it's going to keep dropping every month because you have no evidence for that. You have no proof that it's going to continue to go down. So so, so everything that you're seeing right now, the big debate happening with the experts is whether or not this market rally is a sustainable rally or if it is what it's called a bear market rally. Uh, again, it's like, uh, like I can always compare it to a relationship. It's like if you have a bad relationship, 
a woman has a bad relationship with her boyfriend. He's a terrible man. He gets drunk. He beats her up, whatever. But then let's say he has a, a week where he's like the nicest guy in the world and he is buying you flowers every day and the relationship is very romantic. And he says, baby, I'll never do it again. I promise you this is just the beginning. Well, maybe it is. Maybe he's really changing his tune. But then uh, there's a good chance that he's going to do what a lot of abusers do. He's going to go right back to his old ways uh, after, you know, after a couple months. So this stock market may go back to its old ways. Inflation may not be completely done, but there is evidence in the supply chain, et cetera, that inflation could be dropping. Why is it important? Why am I talking about this so much? Well, because as inflation drops, I believe that's when your money goes up. I believe that's when you really uh, will start seeing your stocks uh, just really taking off and doing well. You're already seeing a little bit of it right now if you're invested. And uh, and so I, I hope the, the trend continues. Now, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Next, I'm going to talk about Ethereum, what, what I've been noticing with Ethereum and the price of Ethereum going up. And also Grant Cardone said something really interesting about owning a home. And I wanted to kind of address what Grant said. I might even do like a complete video about it because I, I've seen Grant Cardone around and I have some thoughts on this on this interesting guy. And, uh, and so um, so anyway, moving on, uh, I want to remind everybody, those of you that are in the options income program, we are going to meet tonight at 8 p.m. So uh, if you uh, want to get access to the, the, the private meeting and the training, uh, go to drboysprime.com. Prime stands for Passive Recurring Income Machine. Also, those of you that want to learn how to generate consistent income by selling stock options, we have a great group and a great club <clears throat> with lots of bonuses and everything else. Uh, so feel free to go to drboysprime.com. So log in, get your Zoom code, meet me tonight, 8 p.m. We're going to go hard. It's going to be great. You'll look, you're going to love it. All right. So um, so here's one thing that I saw in the uh, in the news where they basically said that Ethereum is is really doing well. Does anybody own Ethereum? Give me a yes in the chat if you own Ethereum. Uh, Ethereum is something I own a lot of. I bought I bought Ethereum because I've always believed in 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 two, the two biggest cryptos, Bitcoin and Ethereum. Don't get me wrong. There's some others in there that are really interesting. Uh, Cardano, Solana, etc. And then there's some other. You know, there's some other cryptos out there that, uh, you know, some people like them, some people don't. I'm not really interested in going into the weeds on crypto because I think the crypto police are coming. I think that the SEC, well, the SEC and the Fed, you got to watch them. They're real sneaky. What they'll do is they will let you think you're getting away with something for a real long time. They will. They'll they'll let you build your own noose, so to speak. Not, to, I mean, we're black people, so maybe we're a little bit uncomfortable with that analogy. But they'll let you literally hang yourself. They'll be like. Oh, we didn't, we ain't, we ain't looking, we don't see nothing. And you'll be over here doing business, operating, thinking that everything you're doing is perfectly fine and perfectly legal. And then five years later, they'll come back and be like, oh, that stuff you've been doing for the last five years. Oh, that's all illegal. And we're going to go back and charge you billions of dollars. We're going to destroy your business. We, we might lock you up, or at the very least, we are going to destroy everything that you've built uh, and, and ruin your whole company, make your whole company toxic over all this stuff where we didn't say a single word. And you thought it was okay because we were silent. Well, that was just because we were backed up. Right. And, and they do that. The IRS does it. Uh, you know, Red Fox, I think, didn't pay his taxes for a bunch of years. He thought that it was OK with Chris Tucker, I think, didn't pay his taxes for a bunch of years. And they, they thought, you know, well, nobody's noticing. Nobody's paying attention. Well, then what they did was they went in and they looked back over the last 10 years and uh, and, and, and it, it became very ugly. So ultimately, uh, I think that a lot of these cryptos are going to get uh, body slammed. Uh, I think that a lot of these cryptos are going to get defined as securities. 
And also, I think that you're going to see some of these influencers, the, the, the celebrity influencers that are pumping up these cryptos are going to be accused of pump and dump schemes. Uh, and, and so it won't just be the company that will go down. It could be the influencers as well. T.I., the rapper T.I. already has some issues with that, if I'm not mistaken. Floyd Mayweather had an issue with that because what a lot of these crypto companies have kind of figured out is that if they just get a celebrity to endorse something, people will go buy it, especially black people. Uh, Nielsen studies show that black people are more heavily influenced by celebrities than anybody else. So what I just want y'all to understand that that goes for black people, but that does not go for intelligent black people. Okay. So the intelligent black people, I need y'all to understand that just cause a rapper said it, that don't make it true. Just cause the person who said it is on TV, that don't make him smarter than you. You got smart people in your community that don't get a lot of a lot of airtime. Just yesterday, I had a great interview with uh, some genius black men that everybody should know about because they have real solutions for our community. Uh, Professor James Small, uh, give him a shout out if you know who James Small is. Uh, uh, Riza Islam, uh, who is a great brother from the Nation of Islam, who is really dropping knowledge on a regular basis. I love this young guy. Uh, uh, Maj Ture from Black Guns Matter who runs, literally runs a website called solutionarylifestyle.org. He's all about solutions, all about solving problems. Uh, then after that, we had the GOAT, the goatiest GOAT of all time, Dr. Claude Anderson on the platform. Dr. Anderson wrote the book Powernomics, which is such a profound, Powernomics and Black Labor, White Wealth are such profound reads that when Kanye West was introduced to Powernomics, he instantly was like, I need to talk to this guy. Right. He instantly, you know, my kids were kind of freaking out, like, why is Kanye calling you? I said, oh, he doesn't care about talking to me. He wants to talk to Dr. Anderson. Right. Uh, Ice Cube, the same thing. Ice Cube read it and they then saw it and said, oh, my God, this is it. This is the thing. So if you haven't read these books, if you haven't read Black Labor, White Wealth or Powernomics or at least kind of checked it out, I encourage you to do that and introduce your children to these ideas. And remember this, you know, Dr. Claude Anderson is the Marcus Garvey of our time. Uh, he's one of the greatest economic thinkers in history. You have a chance to live black history. So so let's respect that. Let's put some respect on his name at the, at the highest levels. Uh, so anyway, with that being said, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Um, and also uh, just a reminder, if you guys have kids and you want to get your kids ahead of the curve economically, we have some awesome financial flashcards for children that you can check out by going to financialflashcards.com. Uh, the URL is on the screen, so feel free to go take a look. There are two types of flashcards, one for financial topics and one for entrepreneurship. So feel free to go and take a look at that bundle. Uh, and also, if you want to stay connected via text, all you got to do is text the word voice to 31996, text voice to 31996. And I have to share this because you never know how the alg algorithms will change or how YouTube will change or whatever. So if we ever get disconnected and they shut down my channels or whatever it is, it's happened before many times, uh, then just get on the text list so that we can stay connected. Text voice to 31996. And also this podcast is on Spotify. So if you search for the Dr. Boyce breakdown on Spotify, you'll find me there. All right. So, um, so here's the last thing I want to pop in on, on real quick. I want to chime in on this. Grant Cardone. How many of y'all know who Grant Cardone is? And then after I talk about Grant, I'm going to give you my stock pick of the week, uh, a stock that I really like that I just bought some shares of. And I'll also talk about that over-the-counter stock I bought. I'll, so I'll, I'll make it a two-for-one. So after we talk about Grant, I'll, I'll throw in the stock pick of the week. Um, but uh, Grant Cardone, how many of you know who Grant Cardone is? He's, he's this um, 
white dude and he's kind of like a country guy and for some reason he has this fascination with black people i i see him in spaces where black people are um i think i saw i think i if i'm not mistaken i think i might have seen him with the earn your leisure guys who by the way had a great a great conference the invest fest which i was super proud of and super impressed with uh and, and so he's kind of interesting right he's kind of like a wigger you know, anybody remember that term wigger we don't use it anymore but you know i i, I can't even tell you what it is because i'm not, i don't really i try not to say the n-word but that's what but he's not quite a wigger he's like a country guy though but but he loves black people so anyway grant cardone is um you know he's wealthy he uh he drives around in fancy cars and stuff and kind of you know does this whole thing of like you know if you do what i do then you can be like me and i don't doubt that right i don't doubt that he knows how to make money i'm not saying that he's bad at what he does at all but what i will but it's not my style but i get it i understand that's what people like they like to see the flashy stuff he's eminem that's that's funny yeah Eminem, a less respectful version of Eminem, though. I think Eminem respects um, black hip-hop artists uh, more than Grant Cardone respects black economic thinkers. Like, I don't think, I don't feel like Grant Cardone has respect for black people. There's something about him and the way he carries himself that makes me feel uncomfortable. Like, I, you know, I don't know if I, I, I never, met, I, I didn't really mention this. Maybe I mentioned it once, but Grant and his people did reach out and actually try to come onto my channel. And uh, and I know the game. I know how, how the game's played. I knew what it was. It's like, okay, I get it. You want to come into my platform so that you can, uh, so you can, you know, do your thing and, and get some more customers and whatever. And, uh, and I said, okay, well, I'm willing to consider that. I said, but it has to be reciprocal. You know, so you bring me on your platform first and let me talk to your white folks and I'll bring you on my platform after that. And you can talk to my black folks. You know what happened? Never heard from him again. Never heard from him again. And that is, uh, in my view, what you might call um, an asymmetric or imbalanced relationship. You know, it's like when somebody says, hey, you know, it's like ladies, like if a guy's like, hey, I want to come and have sex with you, but I don't want to commit to you. I don't want to take you out to dinner. I don't, <laughs> you know, but I want to come over and get some ass every couple of weeks, you know, because you should be honored that I'm in your presence. If you if you have any self esteem, you're gonna be like hell no. I mean, unless you just really like sleeping with the guy. I mean, it's that's okay. I'm not judging. But same thing, right? So I, I said, look, I'm not out here trying to get played and get used, and I'm not honored that a white man has acknowledged me. I don't give a damn about that. I don't want white people to acknowledge me if you ain't got the right mindset. If you can't come up in the kingdom and show respect to the king, not just me being the king, but all of us are kings. All of us are queens of this kingdom. If you can't respect what we got going on right here. I don't want you there. Do you know how many celebrities have tried to come to the all black national convention? And we said, no, you can't come because you're not B1. You're out here cooning and you're getting paid to coon. And you are accustomed to a world where black people uh, get big money for doing things that are harmful and degrading to the black community. You come from a world where rappers get paid millions of dollars to disrespect black women, to brag about murdering black men like 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 they might as well be members of the KKK to get black kids hooked on drugs. So you think that you that makes you a worthy human being because your oppressor paid you money to destroy your own people? No. I love there are rappers I love. Immortal Technique is a rapper that I invited to the platform and I love him because Immortal Technique has the right value system. D1, I brought D1 in. There are a few others that but but some of these guys I would I would I don't care how famous you are. You know because because you you got your fame and you got your wealth under very bad pretenses. And, I, and I'm not even going to really even I'm not even going to go deep into things like even things, the, the, the more subtle things like like a Tyler Perry. Right. I like Tyler Perry. I talked to Tyler Perry. He called me one time about 2014. We talked for a few minutes and I liked him a lot. 
Uh, in fact, when I reached out, I said, hey, I'd love to see your studio. And uh, he arranged for his number one guy to meet me and give me a two and a half hour tour of Tyler Perry Studios, the old one. And I just loved it. I was super inspired, super impressed. I love what he does. But let's just keep it 100. That billion dollar empire that he has is the house Medea built. That you got, you got that money by doing something that I would never do, that I don't really think is ethical in terms of what it does for the community. Uh, you put on a dress. You got a lot of money for putting on a dress. That's where I have to get off the bus. It doesn't mean I hate you. It doesn't mean I think you're worthless. It doesn't mean I don't think that you care about the community. It doesn't mean I don't think people can learn from you. But it does mean that I think we have to have critical thinking skill in terms of saying, okay, where do we draw the line individually and where do we draw the line as a community? So so even some black people are not invited to this space. Um, but, but with Grant Cardone, I, I kind of felt like I don't really feel I feel like you want something from me, but you're not willing to give up anything to us. So so you don't see me as your equal. And and because of that, I reject I reject you because I'm not interested in uh, in being a white supremacist. I'm not a white supremacist. I don't think that because you have a billion dollars and I don't <clears throat> that somehow that makes you a better person than me. And I think it's important for us as black people to really understand that you cannot get to the point where you think that people that have more money than you are better than you. No. When if somebody says, well, look at look at how much money I got. First question you should ask is you are an intelligent economic thinker is, well, how did you get that money? Well, I mean, think about it. If, ladies, if you have a business and you've been grinding your ass off and you are a, an attorney or a tax accountant and you work yourself into the ground and you make a couple hundred grand a year and some Instagram model makes $10 million because she's showing all the God's goodies uh, every single day on the Internet. She's not. I'm sorry. She's. I don't see her as your peer. And again, I'm being biased here. I'm being. I am being a little judgmental. I'm not saying she's a bad person. I'm not saying she's worthless. She. You know. But I, what I'm saying is that there's the easy way to get it, and there's the the right way to get it. All money ain't good money. Just because somebody pays you does not mean you did a good job. There's a price that was paid that was non-financial that probably caused you to give up something that money can't buy. So you did not make a profitable trade. You actually lost on that trade, but you think you won because you got money in your bank account, but you lost your soul. You lost your integrity. You lost your dignity. You lost everything. You don't nobody respect you, whatever, but, but you got paid. So that makes it okay. Well, some people think that way and I think that's all right, but I'm just here to encourage you to assess your own value system, figure out who, who you are and how you want to make your money. So anyway, uh, I know I went on a little bit of a tangent, but I had, you know, you know me, I just, I, if it comes to me, I'm going to say it. Okay. So anyway, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, let me talk specifically about something Grant Cardone said about home ownership that I thought was really interesting. So he wrote an article, uh, it was in USA Today, and it says um, that uh, don't buy a home unless you can afford to waste money. And in uh, a few reasons he lays out, and I'm going to try to paraphrase what he said. The article's in CNBC. It's a good article. It's worth reading because the information is valuable. Uh, but what? But, but I'm going to throw in a nuance here so we can really understand what this means so you don't feel like a sucker because you bought a home. So he says, costs eat up profit. So he talks about all the costs of maintaining the home, including things like property taxes, interest, real estate fees, et cetera. Number two, he says, uh, cash flow makes you dependent on the market. So if you have no cash flow, 
uh, in your house and you're just, you just own it and you're waiting on what is called a capital gain, then yeah, you're missing out on the cash flow. He says also there's limited tax benefits compared to commercial real estate. So, uh, so I, I do agree with everything he said. What he's basically saying in general is that if you really want to get into the wealth game and you want it, you and you want real estate to be a part of that, which it should be, you should get into uh, that business ownership landlordish side of the process because you can uh, you can you can literally buy property that will pay for itself because you're able to charge rent and uh, and for example, my wife and I have rental property and the amount that the uh, property manager charges in rent. Uh, we didn't even pick the amount. I said, just charge whatever the market will bear. Uh, that amount exceeds the amount of the mortgage. So the house becomes free at that point because, because it's a productive asset, right? That's when debt is best used. It's when debt is used for a productive asset, something that puts money in your pocket. Uh, also tax benefits, uh, they're clearly biased in favor of business owners. I think Grant's 100% correct on that. Uh, and also uh, he talks about uh, dependence on the market, no cash flow. Well, it's better to have cash flow than to not have cash flow, right? So that's that's. So I'm not disagreeing with anything that he said. But what I am throwing in here is something that he did not say. Uh, everything is relative. Everything is relative to what you compare it to. You know. So um, you know, if you say that owning a home is not as profitable financially as owning rental property, then I'm going to agree with you. I think rental property will generate income. Owning a home typically doesn't. We have a house we own that we live in. That house don't make us no money because we're living in it. But there are a lot of benefits to living in my home that I really love. I love my man cave. I get lots of enjoyment from from being in the space. Uh, it's better than being a renter. Uh, if I were renting this house, I'd be buying the house for my landlord. I'd be giving him enough money over a 20, 30 year period that he could take that money and use that money and literally pay off the house. And then he would be the owner of the house and I wouldn't, right? That's kind of like, unfortunately, it's kind of like being an employee for a long time. If you're an employee for a long time, you're leaving wealth for your boss, right? So, so, so you have to be thoughtful about that and be careful with that. But the other point I want to throw in here is another nuance is, is that there's a lot of conversation about interest being a waste of money. That if you pay interest, that's just bad. That's a wasted cost, et cetera. That is not true. And again, I'm speaking as a finance PhD. The, the interest rates can be broken into various components that reflect uh, risk level, the risk that the banker took loaning you that money, uh, the, what they call the impatience parameter, the meaning basically the fact that, that when I get a loan from a bank or whomever, I'm allowed to engage in what I call the financial time machine. What does that mean? Well, think about this. Imagine if banks said, well, you know, interest is bad and we don't want to hurt you. So we're not going to loan you anything. So if you buy a house, you got to wait 30, you got to save your money for 30 years to buy a house. Would that be better? Give me a yes or no. Would that be better or, or give me an answer, better or worse? Would that be a better opportunity or worse situation? Would that be better or worse for you? If banks just said, yeah, you know, we don't want to charge you interest. We don't, we don't want to hurt you. Uh, you know, and, and interest is, is unethical. So we're just not going to loan you nothing. If you want to buy a house, then you got to save your check, you know, your $1,000 a week check, and you got to save it for the next 30 years, save half, and, uh, and then you can buy a house when you're 60. Would that be better or worse for you? How, how would you, you know, what, what would you give me? Everybody answer. Come on, tell me. I, I need to know y'all listening that, that we all on the same page here. Better or worse? It would be much worse. Much, much worse. I don't want to have to wait 30 years to buy a house. <laughs> I want that. I want my house now. <laughs> right? So, so the interest that you pay, assuming that it's a, at a reasonable interest rate, is compensation 
for the fact that you're getting to use somebody else's money. You know this. You understand these things. You've understood this for, for your entire life. If if you had five grand in the bank and your friend is like, hey, let me hold five. Let me hold that five thousand. You know, I'm going to get you back. Let me just hold it for five years. Right. And I'll give it back to you, though, man. What you complain about? I'll give it back to you. You're going to be like, no, that don't feel right. That don't feel right. Because when you got my money, I ain't got my money. Right. So I'm getting hit by. Um, uh, so 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 first of all, there, there would be the risk that, that somebody doesn't pay you back. That's part of what interest is. Then there's also inflation. Right. That whole time you hold my money, my money's going down in value. And then there's that last piece that I mentioned to you earlier called the impatience parameter, which is basically that if you got my money, I can't use it. That's an inconvenience for me. You got to compensate me for that inconvenience the same way you would if you were using my car. If you got my car and I got to take the bus, I'm going to be pissed. I need you to compensate me for my pissed off pissed officity. So 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 to talk about interest unconditionally as a negative or a bad thing is just fundamentally incorrect. It's just incorrect. There are many situations where where I would much rather pay interest than to have to give back the money. Okay. Now, now that does lead to that other point of, well, how much interest are we talking about? Right. If you're talking about 20% a year, that's a different conversation than if you're talking about 2% or 3% or 4%. So, so to talk about interest as a waste of money, I think reflects that bias that Grant Cardone's all about rental properties, all about commercial real estate. He's all about buying something, buying an asset, renting it out, getting the tax write offs, generating the cash flow. I love that. I think all oh, that's good. That should be part of your whole economic plan. But don't let anybody make you feel like you're a sucker because you own a damn house. Don't let anybody do that because you're not a sucker. Assuming that the terms are fair, assuming that the interest rate isn't unreasonable, owning a house is definitely better than renting. Okay. So for some of you, maybe owning a home is all you're ever going to do. Maybe you're never going to rent property out. I, 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 I will say, I do think you're, you're missing out on some money there, but at the same time, everything that glitters ain't gold and it's not, the grass is not always greener on the other side of the fence. I, I showed you guys when I did a presentation last week, I was explaining to you the house I bought in Atlanta, that it's a great rental property. It's in a great neighborhood. We can rent it out for a ton of money, but then the basement flooded. And I had to pay thousands of dollars to get the basement fixed. And I had to fix the, the neighbor's house. It's a condo. It's connected to another house. I had to pay thousands to fix the neighbor's house. And it wasn't even just the money that bothered me. It was just the time. It was the inconvenience. It's like, oh, God, I got to get on the phone and call these people and figure out how to fix this thing. I want to live my life and enjoy my life. You know, and, and, and I think it's okay if you're a person that loves money. I mean, all y'all should want money. That's why you're here You because you want to make money. But I really just think that you got to realize money, in my view, is a tool for for what really matters, which is the enjoyment of your life. Because it's something because we're not going none of us are going to make it out of this thing alive. At some point, you're going to get old and you're going to die. And I don't want anybody to convince you that making money automatically means that you did everything right. No, you got to make sure that you're happy at the end of the day. So I'm not even disagreeing with Grant Cardone and what he said. I'm just nuancing the conversation so you don't walk away. Uh, with these these on off switch answers where people will say, well, cash is trash. Cash is for suckers. Don't put your money in the bank. You a sucker if you put your money. In You're not a sucker. You, you There may be logical reasons why you hold on to cash. And I can break all that down for you because, again, that's all we did in my Ph.D. program. And these guys don't have Ph.D.s. They know how to make money, but they don't have doctorates. So so that's my superpower. But they have a superpower, too. I think these guys know how to make money and I respect that immensely. All right. So anyway, uh, I'm going to give you my stock picks of the day. 
Um, I said stock pick. It's usually singular, but it's going to be plural today because you asked me about over-the-counter stock, so I'm going to give you an over-the-counter stock. Um, and, and before I do that, though, if you could, please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Share, subscribe if you haven't done it yet. And also, uh, if you want to get started on stock options and just want to learn the basics of how stock options can supercharge uh, your 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 income, uh, there's a free training I did. It's a short little video that kind of explains these things. So feel free to go to drboyceoptions.com. That's drboyceoptions.com. That way we can stay connected and I can help you level up your, your economic uh, economic game. All right. So um, one of the uh, things that the, – so the first stock that I like right now is a company called AV, AVC, sorry, ACV Auctions. ACV Auctions. I, I believe that I, I can't read my own handwriting sometimes. But ACV Auctions, um, that's a company I bought. I, w- I won't explain why I like the stock because there's a process to it. But I did do some research. And I like ACV auctions, and I just bought um, a few thousand dollars worth of ACV auctions. Um, another one that I like, you asked about over-the-counter stock, is um, uh, what was it called? It was called Green Thumb Industries. It's a cannabis company, and G- Green Thumb Industries, their ticker symbol is GTBIF. That's GTBIF, GTBIF. So uh, put somebody type GTBIF in the uh, chat. And I think ACV auctions, their ticker symbol is ACV. So type that in there so that if anybody missed what I said and they need me to repeat it, it's already in the chat and they'll see that. Um, the, the last thing I'm going to mention uh, after after that, though, because this was on my brain today, is um, I was thinking about um, trifling ass people that we have in our families. I, I was thinking about, uh, this is a pet peeve. This is me just reflecting my own bias. I don't know about y'all, but I really have an issue with with people that borrow money and then don't pay it back. It really just pisses me off. It bothers me. It's weird. I, I, I understand things don't go the way you expect. So, but so I'm not going to assume it's done out of malice or done to be unethical. But you know, what I'm talking about where you where your your cousin has a financial emergency. You feel sorry for them, and they ask to borrow two thousand dollars. You loan them that money because they tell you that you know that the, them that they and the kids are going to be evicted and they're crying and you're feeling bad but you tell them you warn them several times I really need this money <laughs> like I really need you to pay me back right and uh, and, and then and then and then and then they get they're like okay I promise you I get my check on Tuesday and after I get my check I'm going to go straight to the bank and the bank is 2 miles from my job so I can get there in 10 minutes like they'll give you extra details to make sure that you are fully convinced that they are going to pay you back right on time, like they like they said. And then inevitably something happens, right? Something occurs. Sometimes it's just like, oh, I thought I'd have the money, blah, blah, blah. And then sometimes they don't even talk to you. Sometimes they just avoid you maybe because there's a shame in knowing that they flat out lied to you or whatever. Now, I'm going to get, I'm going to speculate that it's either, in some cases, it's the worst scenario where somebody's just a selfish bastard and they just don't want, they just don't respect you. But in many cases, I find it's not quite that simple, right? In many cases, I think that it's more like somebody who planned for things to go right, but they didn't plan properly. That they didn't plan for all the things that could go wrong, or they misassessed their ability to repay. They really were telling you the truth because that's what they thought the truth was. Almost like a drug addict. I think about like a drug addict because I've done a lot of work in, on uh, financial addictions. And uh, a drug addict, you ever seen a drug addict swear to you that they're never going to smoke again, or they're never going to use crack again? 
because they know how bad crack is. I, I had, I had a, a friend one time that I hadn't seen for a long time. I don't hang out with him because I can't. I'm a little, little concerned about having too many friends that are messing with drugs. And uh, and he had an issue with cocaine. And he started. He went on tour. This is why you got to be careful about letting your kids go into like the entertainment industry and all that. So when he was 14, 15 years old, he, he went on tour with a famous group. And during that tour, instead of mentoring him the way a black man's supposed to do, they introduced him to cocaine for the first time when he was 15. Well, cocaine is kind of one of those things that once it grabs you, it never lets you go. Uh, it's very hard to get off that drug. Uh, and so he literally, so 30 years later, he's still, you know, fighting the drug. He, he can't get off of it. He robbed a liquor store or something to get some cocaine. He ended up in jail and that was embarrassing for him. So here he was at the family, at, you know, at, at the ga at the gathering, the family gathering, swearing that he would never, ever use drugs again. And I remember listening to him and he was so convincing because I really believed that he believed what he was saying. He really believed, he really believed that praying to Jesus and, and, and being determined was going to stop him from using the drug. And I remember just thinking, and so I remember I asked him, I said, well, did you go to rehab? How was rehab for you? And he said, well, my rehab was Jesus. And that's when I said, oh, shit, he going he going right back to jail. And uh, and it wasn't that I was making fun of him. It's because when you talk about addiction, my wife is an expert on addiction. Addictions are tough to overcome. You know, that's why I say generally alcohol, drugs. I, I, I just say if you can stay away from that stuff, stay, stay away from it. So in general, I believe that there are also like these addictions to uh, either a toxic lifestyle or addictions that we form maybe in relationships. Uh, I'm never going to sleep with him again. And then next thing you know, you, you in the bed or whatever, or addictions to um, bad choices or financial addictions when it comes to what we do with our money. So, so I believe that some of the, the addicts that may borrow money from you and swear on, on Jesus and this whole stack of Bibles that they're, all, that they're definitely going to pay you back, that they really believe that their own lie. Like, I really believe that they really believe that they're really going to change because in that moment, they're in their pain. They're in the pain and discomfort uh, of, of all their bad habits. All their chickens have come home to roost, so they're feeling it right now. So they're really, you know, almost like a New Year's resolution when you swear you're going to lose weight because you're sick of being fat and then you don't because 92% of all people don't even follow their, their New Year's resolutions, right? So basically, um, that's what I think. I don't think it's always sinister. I think that is due to a lack of discipline, a lack of poor planning, uh, addictions to bad habits, the same habits that led them to be broke enough to have to borrow money from you are the same habits that are going to cause them to not be able to repay you back. So here's what I want to bring up on this. You got to be really careful about this as a community in terms of how we regulate this and how we deal with this and how we respond to this. The reason, part of the reason black business owners cannot get capital for their businesses is because their relatives don't trust them enough to loan them money. Your relative that has saved a couple, a little something, something, put a little money to the side. They're like, no, I ain't loaning these Negroes nothing because, because I'm, they're going to take my money. They're not going to pay me back. And it sucks because some of y'all really will pay somebody back. Some of y'all really have a great business where you need, you need maybe five grand to get started and you can go out and make 50 grand. And, but but grandma, because grandma has been burned by Uncle Willie and Aunt Lucy or whatever, grandma's like, grandma's sitting on 30 grand in her account, ain't getting no interest at all, but would rather have it sit there not getting interest than to loan it to you because she has been burned. She's been financially traumatized. So financial trauma is a very real thing. And what it does is it slows down the black economy. It kills the black wealth building process because one of the characteristics of a well-functioning economy is this little thing called trust.
Think about it. You've heard about trust as financial interest or so-and-so banking, you know, the, the, the Louisville bank of banking trust, right? The word trust is very important in economics. If banks don't trust you, they ain't going to loan you nothing. That's why they look at your credit score. If, if, if you are, um, if you are a, a, an employer and you don't trust that your customers are going to show up and back you up, you're not going to make investments. You're not going to hire nobody because you don't trust that you're going to get your money back. If consumers do not trust that jobs and opportunities will be available, they're not going to buy things. They're not going to go consume. They're not going to make big purchases because they don't trust the economy to have their back. So in the black community, part of the reason your economics is not moving forward is because you have a severe lack of trust. And a lot of that lack of trust comes from a number of things. But part of it comes from that trifling ass relative who borrows your money and don't pay you back. So what I'm saying to you is that if you're in that category, be very thoughtful. Before you borrow money from another person, make sure you're clear that you're going to repay them. And if you can't repay them, you have to communicate. That whole shady crap of hiding and not answering the phone and all that other nonsense, that, that makes you look shysty. You look shady as hell when you do that. It's ridiculous. Also, I would say those of you who don't do that to other people, who will who won't take somebody's money like that, um, I think you've got to kind of call people out. And kind of say this is not appropriate behavior. You you owe you owe you know you owe him that money. Pay that money. You know accountability, right? So so I would say that this is this is a thought that I had today, and it was it's, it's something that's been heavy in my mind. I'm working on a book right now called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, and the book is going to come out this fall. And uh, I'm going to talk more about it at the All Black National Convention. I'm going to do a whole breakdown of it. And uh, and by the way, if you want to come to the convention, it's going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. October 28th through the 30th, uh, you can go to voicewalkins.com. You can get passes for your whole family, or you can also become a vendor or a sponsor at the convention. If you want us to blow up your business, uh, we have a big platform. We have over a million subscribers on different YouTube channels. We get a million views a week. I'd be more than happy to support your business uh, if you want to support the platform. If we assume, if we if, if we conclude the relationship works, we do not take corporate sponsorship from like Bank of America and McDonald's. You'll never see the All Black National Convention brought to you by Walmart. We don't do that kind of thing. But Black-owned businesses or, or businesses that are benefiting the Black community that are typically black, the Black-owned businesses. They that's pretty much all we've ever taken sponsorship from. Uh, those those are invited. So feel free uh, to go to boyswalkins.com if you'd like to take a look. All right, guys. So I'm going to get on, on out of here. I got a meeting in a couple minutes, but I have really enjoyed talking to you today. And uh, and again, the stock picks of the day, let me recite them again uh, so you can go out here and make this money with me. I, I don't, I, I, again, I, I, nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed. But, I, but I'll share these two stocks with you because um, uh, this is where I'm putting my family's money and I and and I, I you know I, I just have reason to believe that these are going to be good investments the first one is ACV auctions uh, the ticker symbol is ACV the second is an over-the-counter stock so you can't buy it on Robinhood you might have to buy it on E-Trade or Ameritrade and it's called a uh, green thumb industries their ticker symbol is GTBIF that's GTBIF and uh, what I'm gonna start trying to do is um, uh, give you a stock pick uh, typically when we go live so you guys can go out here and make some money because I want you to be successful all right so I uh, hit the thumbs up button thumbs up thumbs up thumbs up share subscribe if you can and uh, also if you want to get the financial flashcards for your kids feel free to go to financialflashcards.com my name is dr. Boyce Watkins we are also on Spotify search for the dr. Boyce breakdown God bless you please have a wonderful day I love you and I'll see you soon peace